The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 1. 2 Kings 6, remain standing. How come we stand? Because it's a sign of honor, that's why. I'm going to read from the New King James tonight. 2 Kings 6, verse 1. Are you all there? All right, we've got one person there. Anybody else? Second king said, all right, good, 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 good. Here we go. Second Kings chapter 6, and again, uh, thank you and greetings to all of our online congregation that you can be online with us when you can't be here. Uh, if you could be, though, you should be. Amen. Praise God. All of our podcasters out there, YouTubers, greetings. Brace yourself. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he said, Go. Verse 3. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he said, I will go. So we went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. Anybody know what it is to cut down a tree? Very good. But when one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, so he cut off a stick. You ever notice how God likes to use sticks? Did anybody ever notice that? He beat the devil with two sticks. So he cut off a stick. Yeah, Moses, Exodus 15, he used a stick. So he cut off a stick. Come on, someone say he cut off a stick. And you got to say with attitude, shake your head a little bit. One, two, three, he cut off a stick. All right, very good. Praise God. And he threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up yourself. So he reached in his hand, and he took it. Father, thank you for what you're going to do through this service, I pray. May they be far-reaching effects even to eternity in the matchless and holy name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I purposely don't have notes for you, so would encourage you to take notes as we move along. You don't want to miss Wednesday night. Don't miss Wednesday night. Don't miss any service or anything that's taking place. Come on, God is doing great, great things in our midst. Well, let's take a look at this text. The school of the prophets has grown. So they had a school. It was started by Elijah here, and he's the head of the school. And, um, and it's grown so much that they cannot fit 
in the building anymore. There's no more room. Now, that, that's a good problem to have if you're trying to cause a school to grow, if you're trying to cause a church to grow. If your family's growing and you need a bigger house, I think that's a good problem. And so the problem is they do not fit anymore where they're at. It's too small for us. Verse 2 says, Please let us go to the Jordan. Every man take a beam from there and let us there make a place for us to dwell. So they're in a building project, not unlike us. They're starting a building project. Because the place they're in is too small, so everybody heads down, and they're going to get a beam. And uh, they, in verse 3, one says, please consent to go with us. So it appears that the prophet might not have been going with them, but one of them says, come on, master, why don't you come on, come on down to the Jordan, and let's, let's make this new place. And so he consents to go. Verse 4, he went with them. There they came to the Jordan, and they cut down trees. I personally enjoy cutting down trees. No, I do. I like dropping them. I don't like killing them for the sake of killing them. Now, cottonwood, that's different. I like killing all cottonwood trees. Amen. I just find joy in killing a cottonwood. And, you know, you forgive me if you're a cottonwood lover. I'm not. All right. And I don't believe in the senseless destruction of trees. But how many of you, how many of you got two-by-fours in your house? All right, so it's a resource that God has given us. Praise God. I know whole communities that have been destroyed over a little owl. Hello. And whole families that went hungry, generations of loggers, because of a spotted owl that I heard tastes like chicken. Anyway, just saying. That had never happened up in Alaska. I'm just saying that one had never happened. That'd be like, what? Ha! Hey! dinner. There were no owls there. Really, there wasn't. Anyway, whole communities destroyed. So they, they do some logging, and they make some lumber. But verse 5, it says, but as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, ah, because it was borrowed. Now, they didn't have a still chainsaw. You know, they, they didn't have the, 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 you know, monster chainsaw with a 21-inch bar. and They didn't have any of that. Now, when I cut down trees, one of the things, when, I, when I'm going to do a, a whole session, I'm doing firewood, that kind of thing, I will always have a sharp saw. I can't stand a dull chainsaw. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just... It's almost like you want to chop the wood with the saw while it's working when it's dull. There's a proverb that says uh, something about a sharp axe head. Does anybody know that? The, the work is made easier when the axe head is sharp. It's a proverb. It's like, amen. So here this prophet borrows an axe head. Because he didn't have one. Now, you'll notice it says an iron axe head. Everybody say iron. Okay. They were expensive, and they were rare. And he didn't have one. So he borrowed it. So somebody had one, but it wasn't him, and he borrowed it. And in the process of using this iron axe head, it flew off. Has anybody ever had a, uh, an axe head come off or a sledgehammer head come off? Or anything like that. Now listen, the only way for that to happen 
is that while you're swinging the sledgehammer, while you're swinging the axe, you do not pay attention to that rattling feel. Do you know what I'm talking about? You do not feel the, you, you don't pay attention to the jiggle that's happening on the end of your, your, uh, your axe handle. And so even though he's working, he's not watching. I want to talk to you tonight about recovering the cutting edge. I want to talk to you tonight about getting the fire back. I want to talk to you tonight about getting the fire maybe for the first time. I want to talk to you tonight about recovering that which is lost, the sharp, the sharpness, the edge, the fighting edge. You can say it that way. This man has been, is to be commended. We don't know his name. He's to be commended because he's working. He's busy. You know, you'll notice Jesus, when he picks his disciples, he prays all night and then he picks them. He just doesn't pick random people. He prays all night and he selects people that are doing something. He never selected a bum. He never selected someone that was lazy. He always selected somebody who was doing something. Tax collector, okay, corrupt, yes, it's true. But at least he had a job, you know what I'm saying? He was working. And this man is working. The axe head represents, listen now, the axe head represents the power to get the job done. Represents the power of the Holy Spirit, if you will. And if you lose the power of the axe, you lose the power of a sharp edge, then you're going to end up using the arm of the flesh. Now, I've seen that. I've seen that even recently. And I will just tell you, I'd rather see two people beat rocks together than have some performance thing on a platform. I'd rather see, I'd rather have no music and we hum some hymn that we can remember than have a performance where we can be wowed by the person's gifts or talents. Not to say that that happened at the last churches I just visited in the mainland, it didn't. But I've seen that before and I think it's grievous. The arm of the flesh will never build a 40,000 square foot building, can't get it done, it won't happen. I'm just telling you it won't happen. Well, you could, do, you could do that for a box store. But the reason you can't do it for a church is we're up against the forces of darkness and the enemy flat out doesn't want to see the building built. And, and he's also defeated for those who have a sharp axe. Can I say it that way? He's defeated for those who are moved along by the Spirit but not moved along by the arm of the flesh. God wants to empower us tonight. God wants us to take a look to see if you lost your axe head. So let's take a few minutes here looking at this passage. There's some steps involved in recovering that which is lost. So an application right from this text, we're going to take some steps of how you can regain the power or maybe get the power of the Holy Ghost for the first time right from this Old Testament story. The first thing is it involves concern. Everybody say concern. Verse 5, but as one was cutting down the tree, an iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried. He did what? He cried out, oh, uh, my master, for it was borrowed. The dude that borrowed it is, is obviously a man of integrity. He's obviously, I mean, he wasn't paying attention to the rattle on the end of the, of the, of the handle. He was working, but he wasn't watching. But now that he's lost it, 
He's concerned. There's a, a sense of integrity about him. There's, there's something that's righteous about him. He's not just going to go, oh, well, uh, bless God. Where'd that axe go? Anybody see the axe? He's not going to do that. It's a Christian borrowing is called stealing. That's when you take something and you like never return it. Some of you being convicted right now. Can I borrow that? And then you like still have it. So to get the edge back, to get the power, you got to be concerned that you don't have it. I'll tell you what, it's not a shameful thing to realize that you've lost the cutting edge. You've lost the power. You've lost the fire. That's not a shameful thing. You know what is? What is terrible is when people fold their hands and pretend they have it. But in their prayer life, they've got no intimacy. When they pray, nothing really happens. When they lay hands on things, nothing ever moves. And before you know it, you're not laying hands on stuff, and you've got yourself into a position where you're trying to chop down a tree with an, with an axe handle, but no head. Has anybody ever tried that? It takes a really long time. Like, I think it might be impossible. I know nothing's impossible with God, but that's the whole point. It's not with God, and that's why it is impossible. There has to be a concern. The first step in getting the power, recovering the power, recovering the a fresh anointing upon your life is to ask yourself whether you have one or not. To ask yourself whether you've lost it or not. Come on, if you're not as close to Jesus as you used to be, um, he didn't move because he doesn't change. You're the one. We are the ones that move. I'm convinced that many people walk through life thinking they're fulfilled with the Spirit, but actually they've lost the power. You see, if you don't get yourself in a place where you're chopping down a tree, you get yourself in a place of, of a real need for a demonstration of power, then you won't really know if you have any. All right. So to recover the cutting edge, first thing, it involves concern. You've got to search your heart and ask yourself, are you as close to Jesus as you were last year, last month, last week? How's your prayer life? How's your fruit? Take a look at your own fruit and say, man, have I led anybody to Jesus this year? How's my prayer life? When's the last time you wept while reading the Word of God? You read the Psalms. When's the last time you cried while you read the Word? They're just rhetorical questions to, to see, to, to, to stir you. Where are you at? Where are you in your walk with God? Are you sharp or have you lost the axe head? So the first thing is you got to be concerned about that. And if you're not, well, we'll pray for you. It's crucial. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The second thing I think also is that it involves confessing yourself. Um, I'm not as on fire as I used to be. That's the first step to a miracle. Lord, I lost the fire. God help me. Confessing. Confessing yourself. Confess your sins one to another. It says in James, pray for one another that you may be healed. It's a wonderful thing to confess to another brother. Listen, you have to have people in your life that you can be honest with. People in your life that you can talk to. People in your life that will pray with you. That will rebuke you. That will encourage you. That will strengthen you. People that will stand by you in difficult times. But also people that say, dude, I'll think you lost your axe head. So when this man realized his axe head is gone, he's, 
He's not only concerned, but he's confessing. He immediately tells Elijah what happened. And admitting that the axe head is gone, he's also admitting the fact that he's the one that lost it. Listen, the confession, you've got to take personal responsibility. I, listen, when somebody comes to me, and if you've said this to me, I can't remember, all right? So I'm just saying, I, 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 I try to forget stuff. And honestly, this God's honest truth. If somebody in here said this to me, I don't remember if you did, so I'm not talking to you. Fair enough? When somebody comes to me and says, Ma, I can't go there. They don't serve the meat there. There's no meat at that church. That is an admission of their own immaturity to me. Listen, you're the one that has to go get the meat. You're the one that has to spend time in the Word. And it's, you know what's amazing to me? Even at the most um, elementary preaching and teaching, it doesn't matter where you go. If you're on fire for God, you're walking with Jesus, your axe head is sharp, and you're, you're walking with Him, man, somebody can say, you know, we're going to preach on John 3, 16, and you'd lose your mind. For God so loved the world. Like, yeah, hey, come on, Jesus. Now, I'm just telling you, when you're on fire, when somebody brings a word, you'll just be like, ooh, yeah, whoa, that's good. Because your heart is in a place to receive. Your axe head is sharp. You're sharp. You got fire. But if you, if you, if you get lax at days, you're constantly looking for somebody to feed you. Look at this beautiful baby over here. I'm going to pick on you and use it for illustration, right? All right. There's going to come a time when this beautiful child's going to be weaned, right? It would be very wrong for a 10-year-old to continue to be fed by her mama. Mama, well, all the mamas said amen. You, if you breastfeeding your 10-year-old, ma'am, you need some prayer and some counseling. That's funny, huh? <laughs> the truth is there are a lot of believers that are still on, latched on. The apostle Paul said, man, I still got to give you milk, but you should be eating meat by now. What's wrong with you? Confession. The first one is concern that you might have lost it. The second one is confessing that you need help and you need, you've, that you're confessing your your irresponsibility of not noticing the rattle on the end of the handle. You're not watching. Listen, let me just say this about that. You have to watch. Listen, you have to watch. Every day, you need to be a watchman on the wall for your family. Every day, you need to, to wake up and pray and ask God to open your eyes. Ask Him to show you What's happening? What you need to do? The way you need to pray every day. Every day you need to pray in the Spirit. One of the things that was, we were, uh, I was with Brother John Harkey and Dr. John Bosman at a conference, and one of the ministers that were at the church said to me and John Harkey, now John Harkey is an evangelist, a prophetic evangelist that came right out of this house. And one of the things he said to me, he says, man, I notice you guys pray in tongues a lot. I said, yeah, we, we do. We pray in tongues a lot. He said, you know something? I've been in places, man, with whole churches that were once tongue-talking tongue talking and on fire. They don't talk in tongues anymore, and they don't even preach on it anymore. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're Pentecostal churches, but you never hear tongues. You never hear them praying in the Spirit. 
He said, I'm a, and he said this to me. He said, one of the greatest things I've gotten from this conference is watching you two crazies pray in tongues all the time because I'm going to pray in tongues now too because I see the power of God put on display through you. And I think it has something to do with tongues. I said, dude, it totally does. It has something to do with tongues. What are you saying, Pastor? You need to be watchful. You need, and part of being a watchman is praying in the Spirit. And if you've not given a prayer language, listen, a prayer language is not just some theological thing. Tongues is not, there's so many arguments over it. I think if more people would give themselves to praying in the Spirit, there wouldn't be an argument. And you never want to, you say, well, I've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, that doesn't mean you cross it out of your Bible and then say, well, that doesn't happen because it didn't happen for you. Listen, don't define scriptural truth and revelation by your experience. Jack, that's good right there. I'm like, I need to tweet that or something. Jesus, help me. Don't define scripture and revelation by your experience. So if your experience is, well, I don't pray in tongues, so then you're like, let's cross that out of the Bible. That's a mistake. You see, you always look at scripture, and then you ask God to, to change you. You ask God to give you the gifts or give you the promises. You look at scripture, and you go, well, I don't have that. I guess that's a gift he wants to give me. Jesus. Come on, somebody say Shondai. Everybody in this place say Shondai in the count of three. One, one, two. You've now prayed in tongues. Praise God. <laughs> he wasn't watching. I was on this trip and, and I woke up one morning and I was troubled. It's about a week ago, actually. A little before, it was the last Saturday, not this, this past Saturday, Saturday before that. I woke up and I'm just like, oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I'm like, I'm like doing the check. All right, I ate a lot of food late last night. Is there, Lord, forgive me for that, Lord Jesus. Like, okay, no, that's not it. Praise God. Thank you for giving me for overeating, Lord. I'm like, Jesus, what is it? I start praying in the Spirit. And I go through my kids. I'm like, mm, everything's good. I pray, I'm praying over the church. I'm praying over you guys. Some faces come to mind, but that's not it. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I can't quite get a hold of it. And then, boom. Oop. And the Lord says, you're going home. And I said, yes, sir. I'm going home. Awesome. I'm not supposed to be standing here according to my schedule. I changed my schedule. And, and now my wife... She knew, she knew weeks ago. How many of you, <laughs> Jesus, help me right now. I don't know, you know, but it, was, it wasn't really heavy. It wasn't a real strong thing, but she had a sense that, we should, that I shouldn't be doing that, and she shared that, but it wasn't overwhelming, because if it was, I wouldn't have done it at all. So she's trusting that I'm hearing from God, and so she's in agreement, but she had a little bit of a check. And so here I am. I think God was trying to get my attention I, I, but I wasn't watching like I needed to be. But when it came right down to it, I got, I got troubled. And the Lord said, you're going home. I then had to make a phone call to one of my very best friends to let him down. And you know, that's not a happy thing. When you're planning and you're pastoring a church, it's your uncle. Uncle Chris. He's like, what? I said, dude, I'm sorry. I'm not coming. I can't come. And I said, I could think of a million excuses, but really the truth is, the Lord wants me to go home. He's like, dude, 
I said, I know. You know, I was going to be a guest. Then it was going to be, you know, we're going to have revival. It was going to be awesome. Praise God. Now that I'm sure they had revival with Pastor Chris instead. And I'm thankful for his response. He's like, well, pray for us. I said, I will. And I canceled. Now, that's a real letdown, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're not watching, you could go ahead and charge right into hell, right in. Look, if fools go where angels fear to tread, and if you're not watching, you could lose the axe head altogether and not even know it and wonder what's happened, but you didn't get up to pray that day. You didn't get up to seek the Lord that day. You didn't get up to pray in tongues for an hour that day. You didn't get up, and what happens is you cannot, you cannot be watchful, and you can end up in trouble. Listen, there's this tension between like the Mary and the Martha thing. You know, I'm all for being a Mary. Sit at the foot of the cross. Jesus, get filled, get touched. But buddy, there's a lot of work to do, so you better get up and do something. And in my life, it's kind of like over all these years that I've been serving the Lord, I get to this place where I'm just, you know, my face is peeling back from the intensity of ministry. Ah! And the Lord would be like, son. I'm like, ah, yeah. He says, yeah, you need to take a time out. Ah, uh, okay. Some of you just charge headlong. You don't even know what you're charging into. You got directions like a few weeks ago, but he's trying to take you to tell a turn. Turn right. Turn right. And you're like, ah, oh, right off a cliff. It also involves comprehension. We get that from verse 5 too. We're talking about getting the, the cutting edge back, the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, or maybe getting it for the first time. you got to realize you don't have it and realize that by a sharp axe you can drop a tree. By the power of the Holy Ghost you can run through a cramp, you can jump over a wall, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but if you do not have power and you do not have anointing, you will not be able to cast out devils, heal the sick, and set the captives free. So you've got to realize, okay, 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 it takes the power of God to do the God stuff. So to do God stuff, it takes the power of God. And I think that's part of the comprehension that he's having as he realizes He's lost it. He's lost it. And it's also to understand that the axe head was borrowed. Look, this power, this sharpness comes from the Lord. It's not anything of your talent. It's not about your talent. It's not about your own gifting. Thank God for gifts and talents. Amen. But it's the Lord who breathes on them. It's the Lord who breathes on those things. It's borrowed. For alas, the axe head was borrowed. You will receive power from on high. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the othermost parts of the earth. You will receive power from where? Borrowed. It's borrowed, baby. It's borrowed. It's not you. It's not your talent. It's not, it's not your own giftedness. It's the power of the Holy Spirit from God Release to you to chop the tree down. Does it make sense? So you've got to realize that. It's a comprehension point. If we're going to serve the Lord with eternal results in our service, we've got to accept the fact that we're unable to do the work within ourselves. If you're going to do something for Christ, listen, apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 
I chose you and appointed you to bear forth fruit, and fruit that what? Remains. Now, the only thing that's going to remain, it's not anything you see here. It is all going to burn up. But that which lasts forever is that which is of eternity, eternal things of eternal value. So God has chosen us, and he's appointed us, which is really a legal term, like you're appointed for office. I've chosen you. I've appointed you. And it really talks about power behind that. How many of you know when somebody's appointed for office, they have some power in their area of responsibilities to be able to do something? Right? I've chosen you. I've appointed you to bear forth fruit. What kind of fruit? Fruit that remains. Apart from me, you can do nothing, which is crazy. Sorry, are you telling me, Pastor Daniel, that those who don't know Jesus and all the good things they do, that it's nothing? Yes, that's actually exactly what I'm saying. Many people build burn hospitals and burn units and help the homeless and the poor and the destitute, and they do it all for vanity. They do it all because it makes them feel good out of their own humanity and kindness. But really, when things are done not in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they begin to get honor and accolades and the applause and the, and the robe and the ring, then really, really, they're just worshiping themselves. Now, God knows everybody's heart, so I don't want to put a stamp on, on everybody, make a blanket statement. They're all a bunch of narcissists. Bunch of narcissists. I don't want to put a blanket statement on it. But it's true that if ever, whatever spirit does not give glory to Jesus is not from God. Did you hear that? So when somebody says, well, how did you do this thing? Well, I just, you know, my own giftedness, and I'm just, I'm just like that. I've got it like that. Well, then you're just, I mean, you're just taking the applaud for yourself. You're a little self-worshipper. It's like the devil. You little devil, you. Right? What did he say? I, I will ascend to the sides of the north. I will become like the most high God. And the same thought, thud. Pride comes before a fall. This whole selfie stick generation, Jesus help us out. If we're going to serve the Lord and see the kind of fruit and eternal results, we've got to realize, we must realize that we're unable to do it in the arm of the flesh. And that work will come by the power, by the sharp, two-edged sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Word, the power of the Spirit of God. Verse 6. Verse 6, let's go ahead and read that. So the man of God said, where did it fall? He showed him the place, and he cut off a stick. It involves coming back to, what I, what I believe this is saying, it, it involves coming back to your first love. Now, how did you get that, Pastor Bracken? He comes with a stick to the place where it, yeah, the stick represents the cross. The stick represents the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what it represents. And if you're finding yourself without the sharp, edge that comes from being filled with the Spirit, moving forward in faith, and you find yourself having lost your, your edge, you've got to return to the basics, as my wife says. Start, get, get your Bible out again. If you're having a problem with the, your flesh, just go rent the movie, Passion of the Christ, and sit there and watch the whole thing, and watch how your sin 
put Jesus on a cross. And it's a gruesome movie. Put it on your big screen and sit through that three-hour thing in Aramaic and whatever else is written in and just let it mess you up. If you get to the place where he's being whipped and flesh is being pulled off of his back and you get to the place where he's being crucified, if you're not, if you're not, sin, if you're not jumping and twitching for every hit, then you probably lost your first love. Just saying. Return to your first love. Return to the basis. Begin to read the word again in the morning. Begin to set some, sign, some time aside where you seek it. Confess your faults. Confess your sin. Come to church for the love of God. I'm preaching to the choir. Many of y'all in church. God bless you. It involves coming back to the, your first love. Coming back to the cross. Before they recovered it, they had to go back to the place. Go back to the place where, where the head fell off. In other words, go back to the place where maybe you sinned. Where maybe you disobeyed. Go back to the place where you weren't watching and, and take a good look at your life and say, now, now what's happening? What, how, how have I lost that fresh touch of heaven? How have I lost the sharp edge of the Holy Spirit? How is it that I ended up dull? Listen, if your walk with God is dull, then you, you really needed this message right now. Because walk, your walk with Jesus, knowing Christ, living for Him, if it's dull, hello? If your walk is dull and boring, then you are a weak Christian, ready to be picked off by the enemy. When, you're, when your heart is enamored with the throne, when, you're, when you just can't wait to worship, and you're elated by His presence, and you're looking for His voice, and you're, you're in a place of intimacy with God, it releases strength to you. And it's far from boring. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. I... I want to show you something. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people lost their axe head, but God, God, they're going to find the edge tonight. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to be home. I can't do that when I'm traveling. They'll think I'm crazy. <laughs> All right. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants. Got to get back to the light. Jesus, help me. And bore witness, the word of God, verse 2, testimony of Jesus Christ for all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it. The time is near. Where is the verse I'm looking for? Well, that's a good verse, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Praise God. John, no, no, book of Revelation, John, John the Revelator. John uh, is taken up in the Spirit on the day of the Lord. Where is that? Come on, all you Bereans. 
Yeah, Revelation. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, chapter 4. I got it. It's not in my notes. Come on, help me out. Revelation chapter 4. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things that are to take place. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and the one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like jasper and sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow, a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 elders. And on the throne I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their head. And from the throne proceeding lightnings and thunderings and voices. The seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, there around the throne there were four living creatures, full of eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion, and the second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature like the face of a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within. And they do not rest, day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worshiped him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor, power, for you created all things. And by your, they will exist. By your will, they exist and were created. That's a pretty intense quiet time. What are you saying? I'm telling you, God wants to open up your experience as never before. He wants to illuminate your heart, open the eyes of your heart, to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He wants to take you to a place that you have never been, that I have never been. There are encounters with God. I mean, that's, can you imagine? We're so consumed with Xbox so consumed with the video games, so consumed with the entertainment and the wow factor of Hollywood that we'll never see that if you don't put yourself in a place of intimacy with God. Pretty intense quiet time. Boom. John. What? Come up here. Okay. How was your quiet time this morning? Pretty intense. <laughs> Did you have a little time of devotion? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I, I am having one. It's not ending, in fact. Listen, if your life is boring in Jesus, you've gotten some bad weed. You've gotten some bad religious dope. 
And you need to stop smoking it. You've swallowed some pill. You swallowed some bad religious pill. Christianity is not boring and it's not dull unless you lock your axe head and then you're trying to hit a stick against a tree and nothing ever happens. But when you get the fire, when you get on fire for God, when you get filled with His Spirit, He'll charge you and, and, and empower you so that wherever you go, signs will break out. Wonders will break out. Your quiet time could be like the Apostle John. I believe there are others that are going to have these kinds of encounters. Well, you won't be rewriting the Bible or getting a new set of glasses or anything. Like gold glasses that only you can read what is written. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's deception. Some of you might get that on the way home. I had this time and like I got these gold glasses and he, I had to write this stuff, but I can't tell you. <clears throat> Wrong. <laughs> yeah. It don't add anything to the prophecies of this book. You read the very last line in the book of Revelation. My point is this. Christianity is not boring unless you lost your axe head. I really can't stand making drug relations to the things of scripture but really religion is poison it is really poison what i mean by religion the rules and the rules of man doing things because you have to do it doing things from a place of trying to to please god so you could get his favor and his love that's also called legalism going to church so you don't want to feel guilty God is raising up people like John, the beloved, who would rest his head on the breast of Jesus. Come on, some of you need to come back to your first love. That's the point right there. Verse 6, Elijah's response to the situation is to cut off a stick and, and throw it into the river. Now, we talked about the cross, but... That's a little bit of an act of violence. You know, I mean, he had to get something to cut off a stick. I don't know if he whipped out his buck knife or what he had back then. The point I see from that is there's got to be confrontation. Gotta, gotta, there's got to be confrontation in your life. It's wonderful when we, can, when we allow the Lord to confront us and then we can get clean as opposed to somebody else confronting us. Aren't you glad when the Lord corrects you and then somebody else doesn't have to? The last thing, uh, as a worship team, you need to come, please. Last thing tonight, and we'll preach long to you, but the last thing is commitment. There's a number of things, actually, in this text that I feel that the Lord's speaking to us. I mean, it's interesting that they're building a larger building, all of that. It's interesting that these prophets, these part of the schools of the prophet, they're all working. They're all serving. Let me ask you, um, and I said this to... Um, to a close friend earlier today. If the work was dependent upon you and what you were doing, how would we be doing? In other words, if the life of the church was dependent upon your actions as an individual, how strong would the church actually be? The prophet said, reach your hand in. You know what that is? A picture of commitment. It's a picture of service. And I've found that serving 
while, you can end up being a Martha and serve and, and, and miss the intimacy of Jesus and the power actually to serve rightly in the power of the Holy Ghost. But really you need both. You, you, you need the, the infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit, but then you need to do something with it. What are you saying? I'm saying that as you walk around here and you go through the parking lot, you see the different things that need to be done or maybe you see a piece of paper. Pick it up. You say, why? why? Don't we have, we have maids to do that? No. <laughs> I remember one pastor said this to me from the, said it was in a preaching service. He said, if you ever see a staff member walk past pay, uh, trash that's in the yard of the church, you have a problem. And I never forgot that. Now I know you can walk past it and you didn't see it. I have this scripture that haunts me. It's a good thing, though. To him who knows the good he ought to do it and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Man, I'm, I, I was minding my own business with a shopping cart. I put my shopping cart away. Let me tell you how many people don't put their shopping cart away. And then the wind blows in Wasilla and dents people's new vehicles and stuff. Or their old ones. Whatever. I, I am convicted about putting my shopping cart away. Now, I know some, some of you are like, that's a little over the board. Whatever. I'm just convicted. I, I think the right thing to do is put it in the, is put it in the, you know, the shopping cart thing. And sometimes it's really inconvenient. And, you know, the wind is, I mean, winter's coming. I remember walking across Walmart, and I thought my skull was going to be peeled off. I didn't have a hat. And I'm running at my truck like, Oh, you bald guys know what I'm talking about? Justin, you're about to find out. Praise God. He just moved here. Praise the Lord. You get a hat. Any kind of hat. I mean, pull your shirt off and wrap it around your head before not having a hat, all right? And so then there's the cart. I'm like, the cart? Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, it's okay. The Lord knows. Amen. I get it. Amen. And it's like, to him who knows the good he ought to do and does it. I'm like, oh, God. Now listen, some of you know full on what I'm talking about. And when you shut that thing down, then you're shutting down the voice of God. And he might not speak to you about something else. To him who knows the good. How many of you know your flesh ain't going to come up with that scripture? You'd be like, oh yes. To him who knows the good he ought to do. Get out the truck and bring the cart all the way back where it came from. So there you are, get ice cream headache, about to lose your mind, pushing the thing back. I have no idea what I'm talking about, so I gotta go back to my notes. Hold on a second. <laughs> commitment. A commitment to serve. Reach your hand in and take up the axe head. Listen, you want to recovering recover the cutting edge. There's many things we looked at. Very simple message tonight. Be committed to do it and serve. Be committed to serve. Well, where's the, where's, where, when's the last time you did something for somebody other than you? Okay, I feel conviction rolling into the church right now. When's the last time you did something that was sacrificial on your behalf? In other words, it was inconvenient, 
but you knew you knew that the Lord was calling you to do it, and you served something, something that cost you something. David said, I'll not give something to the Lord that which cost me nothing. Where, where are you in, in your walk with the Lord, and how well are you serving? I never ate so many meals out over the past week. I just feel like I'm 400 pounds. Does anybody know I'm trying? Jesus, help me. Amen. Monday, praise God. i got to get in a new person new regime on Monday. Glory. I had lots of waiters. We had lots of waiters and waitresses. I'm going to tell you, some of them were great. And others were horrendous. I mean, you're constantly looking like, have you seen the waiter? You know, I mean, it's like your food's cold or, you know, you need another drink or, you know, it's like, I'm just going to get up and go hit the bus station myself. I used to work in a restaurant. I'm going to go get what I, I mean, when it's that bad, it's like you got somebody who doesn't know how to serve. How's your serve? Some of you being convicted, y'all just need to repent. Amen. We can do better serving. We can be better in our commitment. Be committed to recovering the cutting edge. How's How, how sharp is your axe tonight? Come on, stand up on your feet, won't you? How, how sharp are you? Or maybe, maybe you've never had a touch of the power of the Holy Spirit to help you with the forest that's before you. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Where, where's, the, where's the cutting edge tonight? For some of you, it's at the bottom of the stinking river. For some of you, it's at the bottom of the river. Come on, you come to the cross. Put a stick in the river. Come on, get rid of the bitterness. Confess your faults. Confess your sin. You'll, you'll watch that begin to float. You'll begin to see the supernatural. And you reach your hand and you be committed to put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Put your hand to the axe and keep on swinging and keep it sharp. Where's your axe head tonight? Where are you in the power of the Spirit tonight? Where are you? Where are you? Are you living a compromised life? Are you living a life that if you die, God forbid, tonight, would tonight be your last night? Would it? Would it be your last night? Are you playing a religious game? Or are you sincere before the Lord to say, man, I, I, I'm returning to my first love. I'm returning to the stick, to the, to the tree, curses he who hangs on a tree. I'm returning to the cross tonight. Lord, forgive me for not watching. Some of you need to repent because you've not been watchful over your marriage, over your kids. You've not been watchful over your own life. You've not paid attention to the rattle at the end of the hickory stick. Come on, just ask God right now to speak to you. Let Him speak to you from this message. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Come on, just examine your heart. Search me and know me. How well are you serving? How was how, your commitment? Come on, ask the Holy Spirit to examine your heart. Pastor Alex, would you lead us? I'm so forgetful, but you always remind me. Is you're the only one who brings me peace. So forgetful, but you always remind me. You're the only one who brings me peace. You're the only one who brings me peace. 
So I come, and Lord, I come, yes, I come, oh, I come, I come, and Lord, I come, and Lord, I come. Come on, come before him. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come right now. Tell you there's no better place for me than in your arms. To tell you I'm sorry. 
intervention in your life is clear and evident he snatched you even like a stick out of the fire says the Lord he snatched you out and as you've been brought to this great north land and even brought to this place here at KC there is a fresh new beginning and a freshness about your walk with the Lord don't worry about the things that are even in the bygone days and the things that happened in of even yesteryear don't even look back at them says God put your hand to the plow and move forward I see a gift of leadership on you. I see a mantle even upon you. You've been one son that, that's had challenges of the past with depression, but that's gone. You're not going to experience that in this new land, in this new season, for joy is overtaking you. And I see God promoting you even in what you're doing. God's going to elevate you and promote you. He's going to meet every need. He's going to meet every single need. you got a great gift of leadership on you, both of you do. My hand is upon you and towards you for good, says the Lord. And I'm taking care of some of the things of the past. There's some undone business. The Lord shows me some things that are there and you're concerned. You're going to know what you need to do and what you don't need to do. Some of it's just going to unravel and take care of itself. And then there's some false things that have been set up even to bring discouragement by the enemy. The Lord says, even tonight, like a... Like a like a thread is being pulled on a thimble. I'm going to unravel the entire thing and you're going to find it just disappearing, dissipating and going away. You'll never even hear from it again. The Lord says other things I want you to deal with. There's some peace, some peace togethers and, and some reconciliation that I'm going to bring. But put your hand to the plow, my son and my daughter, and watch and see what I will do. For I brought you to this place. It is even like a land that will flow with milk and honey for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you. I'm strengthening you. And I'm dealing with that of, of a bygone time. Forget about it. Keep your face towards me. Keep your face set like my son towards Jerusalem. Keep your face set, says God. And watch and see what I'll do. Lift your hands. Holy Spirit, let your power, fire, come upon him. Lord, touch, bless, heal. Oh, 
to preach, says the Lord, and I'm going to mantle you with fresh power and authority. John Duke, run up here. John Duke, quickly come. John, quickly come. Holy Spirit's touching you. You're going to be used in evangelism. Good. Tire. Do it, Lord. Show me your glory. Come on. Your heart. Yes. Show me your Release your power all across Show this me your If you need a touch from God, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need a miracle. You lost your accent, maybe. You need a sharpening tonight. Come. Show me your glory. Come on, just come right now. You, Lord. Show me your Come on, come. You need a touch from God. Show me your way. Show me your glory. As we seek you, Lord, show me your heart. Show me
says, son, I've given you not only gifts and talents and anointing and drums, it's actually in all instruments. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you. You're going to play bass. You're going to play guitar. You're going to play the piano. And God has anointed you, not only called you even to pastor, but to be a worship leader. And there'll be like a dual anointing upon your life. Lay hands on them. There'll be like a dual anointing like, like you've seen in Pastor Josh. That is how it'll be for you. A, a wild-eyed prophetic pastoral anointing upon your life. The Holy Spirit, come, give them gifts, God. Release the gifts, music gifts. Thank you, Lord, that you've given them a, a tender heart to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, quicken him. Raise him up to prophesy the word of the Lord. Give him dreams and visions. Use him. Thank you for my son. Listen, you all need to prophesy over your kids. And I do that, but I'm telling you, Danny, I'm not doing it for any other reason than I see right now, right now, even as Minister Micah has that unique 
anointing for instruments, you have it. And you will pay many, many instruments and you will preach and you will prophesy and you'll be that, that anointing that you've seen upon Pastor Josh who's been like a spiritual father to you. He's touched your heart in a way that, 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 that others haven't. That is because it's the same anointing that's upon your life. A psalmist, a, a prophetic anointing, and even a pastoral overlay on the whole thing. The Holy Spirit touch him right now. across this place just pray that prayer if that's you say dear Jesus thank you for dying in my place rising again from the grave for me be my Lord be my Savior forgive me wash me cleanse me make me new thank you for loving me thank you for hearing my prayer amen let me pray for you Holy Spirit even as we have been praying fill and touch each and every one that we would be mightily used by you. 
I thank you, Lord, even prophetically from the text for our new building because this, this one's too small. And you're going to bring in workers, God. You're going to bring in people with the axe. You're going to bring in the ravens of provision. You're going to bring in, Lord, the beams, workers, and people that will serve you, live for you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And Alaska will hear the word of the Lord. You shall be. One more time, say it. Alaska, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be. If you believe that, say amen. Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, we love you. Don't miss Wednesday night, going to be off the chain. Wednesday night, pack the house out, invite people, amen. Be sure to sign up for the new members class. Amen. All the different things that are taking place. Praise the Lord. Uh, well, I made a mistake. So uh, if you want to go, you can go, but we have communion. So I'm going to take communion. If you want to slip out, you certainly can. I know I went long. Feel free. If you want to take communion, we're going to do that right now. Is that okay? Ushers, love you guys. You're awesome. Praise God. Yeah, just... Uh, 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 I don't know. Let's just maul the front. Come on. Come up front with it. Feel free to slip out. I know I went long. It's okay. But we're going to take communion. If you could have your fellowship in the lobby, that'd be great. Ushers, would you come, please? Woo! <laughs> Ushers, would you come? If you want to receive communion, uh, would you just begin to line up right here and just come right down, and then after everybody's served. And again, please, if you need to slip out, it's not, I'm not offended. The Lord's not offended. It's all right. All right? I want to be sensitive to your time. But have your fellowship if you can. Just have fellowship in the lobby. Is that okay? Thank you. So the blood of Jesus. Soon as everybody served, we'll receive communion together.
Jesus was betrayed. If you're not served, you just get the attention of one of these servants up here. They'll help you out. Is everybody served and wants to be? All right. Glory to God. Come on, Danny boy. Come stand with your dad. Glory. Where's my son? Where are you at? All right. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, they got me. Praise God. And in the same way, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So, Father, before you, we remember that you made a way. You looked for a man who would stand in the gap, and you found none, so you sent your own son to redeem us from the curse. As sin entered the world through one man, Adam, it left through the last Adam for those who believe. We've been washed and cleansed by your blood. We've been made to be kings and priests, a holy generation, a royal priesthood. Grafted in and adopted, cleansed from the former things, now used for noble purposes. We thank you for your healing that's been provided for us. We thank you for salvation, new creations that you've made us to be, a new breed, a Holy Ghost men and women. Spirit-filled boys and girls. We thank you that we have been placed in this time in history to bring an effect change, even with eternal consequences. And we thank you that you've chosen the likes of us, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And we ask for your healing power, God, to come right now upon us because it is by your stripes we're healed and we ask Lord that you would forgive us for where we've sinned go ahead talk to Jesus repent for where you've fallen short forgive me God wrong thoughts attitudes perhaps motives maybe the pride of life as the Bible says lust of the eyes God wash and cleanse thank you for healing Thank you for forgiveness, for if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just 
to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And thank you that you are coming back for your church. We we'll give you praise and we receive all of these things and rejoice in what you've done, the finished work of the cross. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink together. Well, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's close in prayer. Now, one little housekeeping thing. Uh, again, you don't have to crush your cup. It's something that started long ago. And it's fine if you crush your cups too. We're, we're fine with that. It's just a sign that the, the curse has been broken, that's all. Okay, if you're a formal member and you did not vote this morning, is there anybody here like that? You didn't vote this morning, okay. I need you to vote tonight, all right? So if you would just kind of come to the front real quick and we'll close in prayer and then we'll uh, help you with that. Father, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done today, God, all day. What a miraculous day it's been. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, also, if you, if you voted but you didn't sign, we do have a discrepancy apparently. If you know that's you, would you please take care of that? Amen. The, uh, if we could have a table maybe up here for the formal member. Hey, we love you so much. Missed you during the 10 days where we're gone. We'll see you Wednesday. Bring a friend. Let's pack the place out. It's going to be glorious. Ministry to the whole family. Children's ministry. Youth ministry. Praise God. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.